Good morning. So today is a good day. Excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, those who don't know, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Kylie, just turned three today. I uh, go up to our youth room. My kids kind of hang out there before uh, she goes to class, and Kylie's up on the stool and it has a mic in her hand. Now the mic's not on, and she's singing "Happy Birthday to Me." too cute, but I thought, well, that's a self-absorbed child. What must I do? Well, I did not receive any new Beatitudes, uh, so I'm assuming that I didn't, I wasn't too long-winded last time. You had me come back and had the opportunity to share with with you this morning. Tell you, I'm excited about where we are as a church. If you've been with us over the past six weeks, we've been walking through the vision for the future of this church. I believe that we're at a pivotal point in the life of this church. So I want to reiterate what Mason said. I want to challenge and encourage you to come back tonight to hear the full presentation of the vision that God has laid on the hearts of your vision team that has been working for the better part of a year to seek out the Lord's guidance in his direction. Over the past six weeks, we've been looking at uh, the vision frame that we've been looking at. We started with the mission. We felt like that the mission that God laid on our hearts was that we're to be leading people to follow Jesus and live like Jesus. And we spent four weeks looking at the values. Above all, we value glorifying God, but we value reaching people who are far from God. We value life change. We value authentic relationships. And we value a lifestyle of worship. And as I said, come back tonight so that you get to see the entire presentation of the vision frame presented tonight. Because this is what God has laid on our hearts as we move forward. Now moving forward, Moving forward can be scary because sometimes moving forward means that change is involved. Moving forward can be challenging because there's uncertainties, there's fear of the unknown, not knowing what really lies ahead. And so it can be a little challenging. I'll never forget, as a 12-year-old, We were here in Wichita, and my parents bringing my brother, my sister, and myself, and they set us down in the living room of our home, and they said, we're going to move to another country to go serve as missionaries. I've got to be honest, there's a, a part of me that was excited about that. At the time, we thought we were going to Thailand. We ended up going to the Dominican Republic, but see, along with that excitement, and this fear, this fear of change. All I'd ever known was the United States of America. All I'd ever known was this culture that I lived in. I only knew how to speak the English language. I wasn't sure how I'd be accepted and go into this foreign land. See, this was where my friends were at. This is where my family was at. And we even had family who are believers 
that weren't all too thrilled about this call that God had placed on my parents' life. There were many obstacles, many challenges that could have derailed my parents from moving forward with the call that God has placed on their life. So we're going to look at a question this morning. What does the Lord expect of us moving forward? We're going to look at three expectations in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to see as the people of Israel getting ready to move into the promised land. But before we get there, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So I'm going to attempt to summarize about 40 years in about four minutes. So follow along. The people of Israel, they were God's chosen people. They were under Egyptian rule by a man named Pharaoh. God calls this man named Moses, who is going to be the one that's going to deliver them out of Egypt. Now Moses was uncertain that he was the man for the job, but God persisted. Moses accepted. And he went, and he faced his first challenge. Pharaoh wasn't exactly excited about letting these slaves go. So God intervened, and he sent ten plagues, finally convincing Pharaoh to let the people go. So Moses and the people left Egypt. And then they encountered their next challenge, the Red Sea. And in the meantime, Pharaoh had realized that he had made a mistake. And so he sent his army after Israel. The people of Israel were standing at the Red Sea wondering, now where do we go? God parted the Red Sea. The people of Israel crossed on dry land. When all were safely on the other side, God allowed Pharaoh's army to come in after them. And then he closed the waters in over Pharaoh's army, demonstrating his power over all things. Moses and the people of Israel continue their journey towards Mount Sinai. They complained along the way. God provided them food. They arrived at Mount Sinai. Moses went up to the mountain to receive instructions from God, to receive the Ten Commandments. He was gone for 40 days, and the people began to wonder, where is this leader gone? Where is he? They went to Aaron, Moses' brother and assistant. Will you fashion us a golden calf so that we can worship this God? God saw what the people of Israel were doing and sent Moses down. Moses was not happy with what they were doing because they saw him worshiping another God. God was ready to destroy the people, but Moses pleaded on their behalf. God punished them, but he allowed them to live. He received a second set of tablets, and then they went towards the promised land. They continued to complain about food and water, but God still provided. They were near the promised land, and Moses sent out 12 spies to go scout out this land, this promised land that they were headed towards. Twelve returned. Ten of them came and said that the land is wonderful. Here's some fruit from this land. It's great. You see, the people there, they're far too powerful for us to overtake. See, then there were these other two, Joshua and Caleb. They said, yes, the land is great. 
Yes, the people are powerful. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm battling a cough. Um, but the Lord is on our side. We know that we can overtake them because the Lord is with us. They convinced Moses and Aaron. See, the people had bought into what the ten had said. And they were ready to stone Moses and Aaron and, and Joshua and Caleb. They were ready to find a new leader. You see, they wanted a new leader that would take them back. Take them back to Egypt. They were satisfied with what they had in Egypt, living under slavery. So God said, how long will they despise me? How much longer will they not believe in me? He was ready to be done with these people. Moses pleaded on their behalf once again. God said, all right. But not no man who saw the signs and wonders that I performed will get to enter into the promised land. And when they said that, he said that only Joshua and Caleb and the people, the children of the people of Israel would get to enter into this land. But yet they were going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, paying for their parents' faithlessness. Near the end of the 40 years, the people complain again to Moses. He receives instructions from the Lord. Moses, out of his frustration with the people, disobeyed God. And God said to Moses, you are going to get to see the promised land, but you're not going to enter it. So now we arrive at this transition. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, paints the picture, the reason why they entered and wandered in the wilderness. The whole commandment that I command you today you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply, go into and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God led you in these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make known that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Now we arrive at Joshua chapter 1, and we see this transition take place from Moses to Joshua. We'll be breaking it down into three sections. With each section, we're going to see the expectation that the Lord has the people of Israel, starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, and you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon as far as the great river, 
the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We see in this first section that that God is giving these instructions to Joshua. The first expectation that we see is that he tells Joshua to arise and go. Now Joshua, heeding the Lord's promise, knowing that he was going to give this land to the people as he promised Moses, Joshua knew what stood before him. He knew that there was this river Jordan. He knew because he was one of the spies what lied beyond the Jordan River, the people that they were going to encounter. That could have stopped him. You see, we've got to be careful. We too can become complacent. We can become satisfied in our spiritual lives, in our church. We can become stagnant. You see, we become complacent and stagnant when we have a fear of the challenges that lie before us. Sometimes we think it might be easier for us to just stand still, not moving finding a false sense of satisfaction with where we're at, paralyzed by the fear and uncertainty of the challenges that lie ahead. You see, God called Joshua to action. He called him to be active in what he was called to do, to arise and go. Now Joshua already demonstrated a faith in God when he came back with his report. See, God still encouraged him in verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. You see, God is saying, I'm going before you and I am with you always. I want to encourage you. This God that is speaking to Joshua is the same God that we worship today. The words that he spoke to Joshua so long ago are just as true as today as they were back then. His word remains the same. It never changes. But see, the Lord doesn't stop there. He says, be strong and courageous. And then this time he follows it up with this promise. For you will cause this people to inherit this land that I promised their fathers. 
God senses that Joshua needs a little bit of courage. You may be aware that Apple recently announced their iPhone 7. Now the guy that presented the iPhone 7 got a little bit of uh, criticism for what he did. So let's watch this video. Now some people have asked why we would remove the analog headphone jack from the iPhone. I mean, it's been with us a really long time. I'm sure you know that the, the source of this phono, mini phono jack is over 100 years old, used to help quickly exchange and switchboards. Well, the reason to move on, I'm going to give you three of them, but it really comes down to one word, courage. The courage to move on, do something new that betters all of us. And our team has tremendous courage. Now, he said that he's going to give three reasons for them to remove the headphone jack from the iPhone, something that we're all quite used to. But he says it's all summed up in one word, courage. Now, he got a lot of criticism for that. And even by Apple fanboys like myself, question his use of the word courage. Did it really take courage to remove the headphone jack? No. Now, one might argue that was a bold move, but the reality is Apple's got plenty of money in the bank. When we think of courage, we think of those who are in life-threatening situations. That's the type of courage that God is talking about with Joshua. Joshua and God's chosen people are standing. They need to cross the River Jordan. There's some powerful people on the other side of it. They're in a life-threatening situation. God understands that they need courage so much that he says it again. Because in the next verse he says, be strong and very courageous. This time he follows it up with some instructions. In verse 7, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it. You see, his instructions were to adhere to God's word. Strength and courage from the Lord only comes through daily renewal in his word. It must be something that we're thinking about constantly. It ought to be at the forefront of our hearts and our minds. God's word never changes. It is the only thing that is really stable in our life. And we need to adhere to it and grow in our relationship with him. And that will lead to this strength and courage that he's talking about. Second part of verse 8, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. He's giving specific instructions all centered around his word. Be careful to do all that you've heard from Moses, the commands of Moses. Do not turn from the right or the left. Meditate on it day and night, and then the result will be your way will be prosperous and you will find success if you follow my word. Have I not commanded you, he says next, we can't ignore the source. Have I 
This is the Lord speaking. I am the one that provides strength and courage, and it comes from being in his presence. And see, as a believer, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. Then he goes on to say, once again, be strong and courageous. But then he follows it up with encouraging words. Do not be frightened or do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the first expectation is to arise and go knowing that the Lord is going to be with you. He is going to be the one that gives you the strength and courage to move forward. Now we come to the next section of Joshua chapter 1, in which Joshua, we see what Joshua does with the leading of the Lord. Verse 10, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp, command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan, to go in, take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of the Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest, and will give you this land, your wives, your little ones. Your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them. And so the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possessions and shall possess it. The land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. The second expectation that we see is that we are to follow his lead. See, Joshua was immediate. He was obedient in in the leading of the Lord despite the challenges that lay ahead. We can even compare the beginning of Moses' leadership to the beginning of Joshua's leadership. Moses encountered two challenges right off the bat with Pharaoh and the Red Sea. And here Joshua stands before this Jordan River and he knows what lies beyond it. In both of these situations, both Moses and Joshua need to be fully dependent upon the Lord. This is not something that they're going to be able to accomplish on their own, so they must follow his lead. You see, that's where God wants us. God wants each and every one of us to be fully dependent upon him. He wants complete and absolute surrender in our lives, in our families, in our job, and yes, in our church. You see, sometimes God places us into these situations where we face these challenges, circumstances that are difficult, sometimes seemingly impossible, so that you have nowhere else to turn but to him. That's where he wants us. He wants us before his throne, asking for his wisdom, his guidance as we move forward. See, then Joshua is giving instructions to his officers. You can see that he's confident in what he's saying. There's a sense of urgency. 
There's also a sense of expectation that these people are going to go and do as the Lord has commanded. But this demonstrates his faith in the Lord, his God. He's preparing his people along with giving them the timing of when all this is going to take place. See, Joshua remembered the word that was given to Moses pertaining to these two and a half tribes. You know that the Lord has given you a place of rest, but there's still work to be done. We need the men of valor to be armed to go before their brothers to help them out, to help them possess the land that I have promised them. Joshua, being obedient to the commands of the Lord, goes and tells and gives instructions to these two and a half tribes. See, just because you're even promised success by God doesn't mean it's going to be easy. There's still work to be done. God never says that following him is going to be easy. He'll provide guidance. He'll provide resources. But he still requires the work of his people. And see, when we're obedient and we're willing to follow his lead, we see his success, his promises will be fulfilled. And you see what Joshua was doing with the people under his care. First and foremost, he was surrendered to the Lord. He was obedient and dependent upon the word of God. And he was only relaying what God had given him to the people. But he also made sure that everyone there knew that they were needed. That they were a part of this team. Everyone needed to contribute in order to make this happen. They all needed to follow his lead. We come to the last section. Starting in verse 16, we see Joshua has given these commands and we see the response that the people gave him. And they answered Joshua, all that you've commanded us we will do and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we've obeyed Moses in all things, so we will, we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. See, the people turned to their leader and they responded in obedience. Our third expectation is that we respond to the Lord's word in obedience. Verses 16 and 17. All that you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. These people had surrendered and willing hearts. See, only a willing and surrendered heart to the Lord will give this type of response. A willingness to do whatever it takes. They're demonstrating a faith and trust in the Lord because he's moved in their hearts to get them to this place in which they respond in obedience. But see, they continue to bless Joshua in the words that they say, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. What an encouragement for a leader to hear their people respond with obedience to the Lord to the word of the Lord, showing full support of the man who was the leader. 
commissioned by God. Now they take it a step further in verse 18. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever command you, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Now you might say, well, that's a little extreme. I think what it demonstrates, though, is they took their obedience to the Lord with utmost importance. They were willing to go to great lengths to hold one another accountable. They knew what the ramifications would be for the group of a, as a whole if there were those who were disobedient to the Lord. It wasn't that long ago that they experienced the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They knew what disobedience to the Lord got them. Not very far. It wasn't just showing dishonor to Joshua, but ultimately dishonor to the Lord. Then they say, only be strong and courageous. I'm sure it was encouraging for Joshua at the end of their response for them to use the very words that the Lord had said to him three times prior. See, it demonstrated that they were fully behind the man that God had appointed over them. They were demonstrating a willingness to follow the Lord by responding in obedience. If we're to move forward, God commands us to arise and go. He wants action. He wants us to be actively pursuing the call that he's placed on us. He doesn't want us to be sitting still. He asks that we follow his lead. That we're surrendered to him. That we respond in obedience. That our hearts are so willing to do whatever God has called us, whatever he is showing us. That that is our response. I want to challenge you in the days ahead that you commit to the Lord's work, to where the Lord is leading us, to be a part of the team, to be a part of this church family that God has placed you in, that we would move forward together as God leads us. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you this time that we get together and we have time to, to dive into your word and to see how you worked and the lives of those that, that you chose as your people. We know, Lord God, that where we are now, that you are using the church to further your kingdom to bring people to know who you are. We desire to be that church that is leading people to follow Jesus and live like Jesus. I ask, Lord God, that you would just turn in our hearts, that you would help us to see and catch a vision for what you have for us. May we be excited about moving forward, seeing what you have in front of us, 
not looking back, not wanting to return to where we were, but to move to where you want us to go. God, I just praise you, Father, for your love. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross so that we can stand before you, that we can get that strength and that courage that can only come from you. May we devote ourselves to your word. May we devote ourselves to prayer in seeking you out in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.